1: A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
2: Adidas. Beer? In the water section? You've piqued my interest, liquid death. Okay, so it's not actually beer. It's mountain spring water from the Alps, but it sure as heck looks like a beer when you first see it. And it should pique your interest, too, because Liquid Death is the incredible new product that looks like a can of beer, but is actually water that comes in sparkling still and three delicious flavors. We've been downing can after can of Liquid Death at my house, and everyone's always interested. What are you drinking? What is that? Did Xavier just drink a beer? It's been downright fantastic. And best of all, the water is actually incredible. Listen, I am not a water guy and sparkling water never really did it for me, but even I can't get enough of the lime liquid death, which we have been going through like crazy. So it's fun. It's delicious. And it's actually better for the environment because you aren't adding more plastic bottles to your local landfills. I love the tall boys of Liquid Death, and I know you're going to as well. If you haven't checked them out yet, you should probably fix that right now and get to a store immediately. You can find Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, or Hivey, or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash packaday. That's liquiddeath.com slash packaday.
3: 20 minutes a day. Sixty five days a year.
1: This is the Pack a Day Podcast.
4: Tuesday, November 29th, 2022, and ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pack-A-Day podcast. If you are listening to this podcast on Tuesday, it has been 1095 days since the Ohio State Buckeyes have beaten the Michigan Wolverines. Shout out to my good friends Dan Kotnick and Eric West Clark. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. That is the last of that content that you will get, but it's one I had to throw out there. Welcome to the Packaday podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we are recording this on Sunday night at about 11 o'clock. The Packers have just dropped a 40-33 heartbreaker, if you want to call it that, to the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts just ran for another 20 yards, so we'll get into that. Joe Barry is actually here with us tonight, so that'll be a fun conversation to have, and I'll kick to him first. Joe Barry, more commonly known as Ross Uglum. Ross, how are we feeling tonight?
3: Just dandy. Just Just dandy. dandy.
4: 300 just, I just I'm bad at math I said 50 times 4 was 300 so that's the level of night we're getting at because it's just a bonkers number that the packers were able to give up that level of rushing yards but I'm also joined uh, tonight I'm your host I'm Jacob Westendorf and I'm joined by my namesake uh, Jacob Morley who is uh, noted as Jordan Love in my in my stream yard uh, recording here so Jordan how you feeling tonight
1: feeling good feeling real good. Uh, my, speaking my first as... question to you,
4: Morley, is will Jordan Love smile or not for his Packers Hall of Fame bust? And that is a rock-like <laughs> Yeah, I think he will. I think that he may as well. We will check on Morley and be able to potentially get him back here Uh working through that. But the Packers lose tonight. It's 40-33. to 33. We'll get into a little of the game and then some of the big picture stuff because be, ultimately – we got going here. Okay, so Morley cutting back in. We've got him going. We'll figure out what's going on here. But appreciate you guys coming around with us. We'll talk some big-picture stuff because um, ultimately the Packers lose. But, like, I know they're still listed as, like, in the hunt for a wild-card position. But Washington won again today. So, Green Bay has, in essence, a four-game deficit uh with, what, five games to play. Uh, they're not making the playoffs. They were not making the playoffs, even if they won tonight. Uh, there's just – there's nothing left for this season uh, to figure out, but we will talk about it a little bit because some things happened tonight that, that do matter. Uh, they do matter for this season and they do matter for beyond. And let's start guys on the defensive side of the ball. I tweeted during the game and this is my, my kind of my take. And I think it's wild that this is how I feel considering there is a season that ended with Raheem Mostert running for 600 yards in an NFC championship game. But I don't know that there is a less physical team that I have ever seen than the 2022 green Bay Packers. And that's, this isn't like, I don't think it's a meatball take. I don't think it's a, they just play harder and play more physical and they'd be better. Like, I don't think that's true either, but it's just wild to me how I just watch other teams and it just feels like, you know, green for green Bay, stopping the run is an afterthought and I don't understand how that's a thing. That's how your, your season has ended multiple times in, in recent years. Uh, That is how a lot of things have have kind of fallen apart. It fell apart tonight, Ross. Um, Jalen Hurts had 100 yards rushing in the first quarter. I'm not making that up. That's a thing that actually happened. <laughs> go. I, I don't even know what question I'm asking, but just go.
3: Yeah, you know, and I I've caught a lot of, of flack over the years, basically because I kind of agree, as insane as it sounds, especially after a game like tonight. I kind of agree that run defense can be very much secondary to the other things that you're doing. Um, I don't think it's that important in the NFL. You do have to be competitive at it. You, you have to be somewhat functional. Um, there have been terrible run defenses uh, that have won Super Bowl championships. Most recently, um, I, I, you know, I think the, the, the Chiefs Super Bowl team stunk out loud uh, at run defense, it's it's not like incredibly important as it pertains to winning championships. Uh, but but like I said, you, you you have to be somewhat functional. You 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 got to be okay uh, at it. Um, you have to get your. Pass defense, which is what really matters, into positions where they can play pass defense. And uh, Green Bay's just, they, they haven't been able to do that under Barry at all. They didn't do it very well under Pettin. Um, you know, I think you can win a championship with the 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th best run defense. I, I really think you can. Um, but you just can't game plan a quarterback like Jalen Hurts in that way. And you, you can't allow 363 yards rushing. And, and um, as bad as Barry's recognition of Jalen Hurts and the, what like his abilities are and how bad his game plan was for Hurts, his game plan for Jason Kelsey was even worse. Um, playing a 2-4 nickel where your D tackles are basically hit up on the guards and you are – allowing jason kelsey to snap the ball and unmolested just run up to your linebackers that's not gonna work you you can't you can't give jason kelsey a free run at, at isaiah mcduffie it, 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 it didn't and work. Name
4: your, and name your linebacker it can't be isaiah mcduffie it can't be fred warner it can't be you know whoever that did. jason kelsey for my money's worth is one of the best centers in football and and that is it's atrocious to think that again, and now granted, I, I've been not pushing back, so to speak, on the Joe Barry stuff. It's just because I do think at some point the players have to play too, and there's certainly plenty there. But again, how is your game plan against Jalen Hurts to just kind of play in the shell and like you said, let them have free run, let their center have free? Run? Like there was a, I think the first series they had a play where it was Jason Kelsey. It was a quarterback draw, designed quarterback run. And all of us in the world that was watching, if you've watched a second of Eagles football this season, knew it was coming. And Kelsey gets a free run at, whether it was Barnes or Walker, I'd have to rewatch to be a hundred percent sure to, to know that it was horrendous. Um, absolutely horrendous. Uh, Morley, you've got some, some stuff here. Let's dive in.
1: Well, I think I think the best way you can sum this entire thing up, this entire Joe Barry situation up, is you look at Justin Hollins, right? Who got here three days ago, and he is out there
4: making plays. We got to get Morley's internet situation figured out, so we're going to get Morley uh,
3: working here. But I'll say nice <laughs> things. I'll say nice things about Justin Hollins. I, I actually really liked Justin Holland's coming out. Um, high high level, uh, uh, RAS guy, um, which which wasn't necessarily the whole reason I liked him, but came from a, a, a power five program in Oregon. Um, really was a height weight speed guy that I thought had a chance to make it. Um, you know things maybe didn't go the way that that they wanted the first time, but I tell you what, um, that's been a goot special man. As far as a guy like Hollins, who is uh, you know a mid-round pick or some somebody that somebody that somebody spent some draft capital on, uh, he likes those guys. He he likes you know guy, uh, guys that, that other people valued at some point during the uh, during the draft prospect like process like a Rasul Douglas. And you've seen it not work out sometimes. You know, D.D. Westbrook, another example. Jonathan he, Abram. He, yeah, right, yeah. He he likes guys that, you know, have a pedigree. And, okay, it didn't work. But, you're, you know, it didn't work the first stop. We'll, we'll give a shot here. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, Hollins has a chance to really be that kind of player. I, I really liked him. And, and as far as, um, you know, uh, athletic potential – man he i think tested amazingly um let me see here real quick this is great radio yeah 9.68 with uh okay three cone but his 40 time was elite and his 10 and 20 yard splits were good a 36 inch vert so he's an explosive athlete um I, i just i was impressed with him i i i liked him at oregon i thought he could be a decent pro and uh I think he's got more juice than anybody out there that isn't starting, as in Preston and Kingsley.
4: Yeah, those guys. uh, A a decent night for for the edge guys, as far as the pass rush goes. I didn't think the pass rush was particularly
1: terrible tonight. Um, Go ahead, sir.
4: Yeah, Morley's back, so let's see if this works now.
1: I think I'm just being censored because of all the Jordan Love haters out there that don't want to hear me talk, but. What now? I don't I really care to hear you talk that often either. But <laughs> is it you? It's you, dude. Keep <laughs> booting me every time. No, what I was saying is, you know, you, you get the sack because he's a freak athlete. That's great. But the play that he made on his TFL, his tackle for loss when he set the edge, I think what you can really sum up Joe Berry and his experience as is again, Justin Hollins has been here for three days. And that was one of the most fundamentally sound plays that we've seen out of an edge rusher in Green Bay all season. And is that because he has not been taught or coached by Joe Barry's staff all year? Someone else has been coaching him. And the thing that, that really that gets me to is defensively, guys, it, oh, this is a, you know, a, a Mike Pettin disciple. This is a Vic Fangio disciple. All these disciples and all this stuff, that's fine. There, there are not a ton of defensive schemes out there. The, the difference that separates these defensive coordinators is how good of a teacher are you? And Joe Barry has proven to not be a good teacher. There's nothing really wrong with what Joe Barry's trying to do, which is kind of sitting in a cover, too. Like, we can get into the weeds and talk about when it, it's, you know, situationally it's not good and why you need to change that up. But that's, like, far beyond their problems. And, and a lot of people are like, well, Joe Barry's not out there tackling. Joe Barry's not. You're right. He's not. But he's the one teaching them how like he's the one coaching them every week. And when guys come in and get progressively worse, like Quay Walker is a great example of this. The one thing that Quay Walker was really, really good at that you could point to on his tape at Georgia and say like, hey, he's going to come in and be good at this right away. Tackling. He was a great tackler at Georgia. How has he gotten worse under Joe Barry seemingly throughout the course of a season? And the only thing I can say is he's not being taught well. And so bring me in – I don't care about scheme. I don't care about any of that. Bring me in the best teacher that you can find. Bring me in someone that can get that through to these guys. Like, hey, this is what you need to be doing on every single play. Because that's the other thing with this defense is these guys are running around like chickens with their heads cut off. I mean, one guy is shooting a gap while another guy is in man, another guy is in zone. I mean, everybody is – nobody's on the same page at all. And that starts with Joe Barry. And it goes all the way down. And we've talked about it. And I think we're beyond the point where it's not just us begging for this to happen. I think this will happen this offseason where that defensive side of the ball is it's going to get the coaching staff is going to be cleaned out. And there could be a guy that could be leaving Wisconsin that potentially might want to come to Green Bay. No idea. That's kind of a pipe dream for all of us right now, just because we think Jim Leonard would be a great hire uh, in Green Bay. And some of that might honestly just be it's someone other than Joe Barry because that's kind of the point that we are at. And, I mean, like Ross was talking about earlier, too, with run defense, this is actually a really good game to point to and say, hey, see, it doesn't really matter that much because they lost by seven, and they gave up a billion yards on the ground. If you can score points, it doesn't really matter. But you got to be able to score score points, and like Ross said, you got to be able to get stops when you need them still. Um, End of the game, they have a chance to, if if you can hold them, one two three, get the ball back. You at least have a chance, but they didn't even sniff that, right? They gave up a first down and two carries, so that's just kind of where we're at with the defense right now, um, and that's the negatives of this game. But guys, the vibe check from this game—I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really go into this game expecting to win, uh, especially when they got down thirteen to zero, and you kind of just thought, "Oh boy, here we go." I think what's impressive about this team is—and credit—you know, I know we just took all the credit away from Joe Barry but I do want to give some credit to Matt LaFleur and and the guys on this, especially on this offense, not just rolling over and being like, "Oh, we're like, this is going to be a long night. They actually showed a little bit of fight, a little bit of punch. And I think that's what you can look at for this team moving forward. And for the rest of this season is, can we establish anything? Can we come out here and try to form some type of identity as an offense, as a defense, as a team, people that aren't just going to roll over and quit. Um, so, that's kind of where we're at with this team and, and the rest of the year, sadly is they're not going to make the playoffs. There's not. And we, they have to start building for next year. So that's uh, maybe a good jumping off point for what we saw from this game tonight, uh, kind of talking about what do they have, what do they have to jump off of and what do they have to kind of build towards next season?
4: Yeah. I think the, the first thing is I know every week, we get the "well, fire him now" thing, uh, and, and my just uh, maybe I'll get your guys' take on this real quick too. My take on that is there is no coach on the staff that I would say I feel comfortable with getting getting the defensive coordinator gig in 2023. And in my opinion, and I said this when they fired Mike McCarthy four seasons ago, that the only thing that that really does is open up the opportunity for a team to hire the interim. And the example that I used was when the Browns I believe it was Hugh Jackson fired Hugh Jackson at the time and they ended up firing Freddie Kitchens and just lit an entire year on fire Freddie wasn't their uh, interim head coach but he was their interim offensive coordinator after they did the shuffling of the staff after Jackson got fired I don't I don't see a purpose other than feeding bloodthirsty fans what they want. you can talk about accountability I guess but I, I just I don't think that serves a purpose um, that does anything positive for 2023? Um, does that scare off a potential candidate for a 2023 coordinator gig? I just don't think the reward is worth it because what are you going to do? You're going to get a boost for maybe a game or two with the new defensive coordinator and, and do something. Like that. I, just, I don't think that does anything. And the other thing about that is when we talk about the Packers specifically, when they fired Mike McCarthy, two of the most prominent voices in the room, Joe Philbin and Devontae, At- or Joe Philbin, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams said that the coaching search should stop and start with Joe Philbin. And thankfully that is not what they did, but can you imagine the disaster if they had taken heed of what the players wanted emotionally in that moment? As for the Jim Leonard thing, I do want to address that a little bit because number one, he's not technically unemployed right now. As far as I know, he's still coaching Wisconsin for their bowl game. Number two, I would be fine with green Bay conducting a actual true defensive coordinator coaching search. Instead of just saying, well, we tried to hire him two years ago. He eventually told us no. So, we'll just hire him now. Maybe there's somebody out there who's better. I don't know. You know, my take in general with coordinators is you don't know until, you know, and we don't know, you know, we don't, would Jim Leonard be good in the NFL? I don't know. I mean, I know he struggles to stop Ohio state when he's at Wisconsin, but everybody kind of struggles to stop Ohio state. Wisconsin plays with inferior talent. There's certainly, uh, and that's not a knock against Wisconsin. Ohio state's just always one of the three most talented teams in the country on a year to year basis. But Ross, you've been, I think you wanted him fired the day after he was hired, but do you see a purpose to letting him go now and just letting Jerry Gray do it for the next, Yeah, and that's the name I bring up, but just, you know, as a guy who has experience doing it and likely who they'd turn to, but do you see a purpose in that? Or is it just kind of grin and bear it and make Matt like quietly promise us that he's not going to be here next year?
3: Uh, No, I mean, I would fire him now. I, I, you're right. I mean, I've, I've never respected the hire. I thought it was terrible. Um, I, I I'm glad that the first idea was something a little bit out of the box to hire Jim Leonard. Didn't didn't work out. Um, I think Jim Leonard probably regrets that today. Obviously, um, but I think he wanted to stay loyal to Wisconsin, and and uh, you know that kind of bit him. And it is what it is. Stuff happens. Um, but no, I I. You're 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 going to be married to a lot of these players for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to let Rashawn Gary go. He's going to be there for a while. Uh, you just signed Jair Alexander to a long-term deal. You just signed Rasul Douglas to a long-term deal. You just signed Devondre Campbell to a long-term deal. You got uh, Devontae Wyatt on a rookie deal with a with a fifth-year option. You've got um, Quay Walker on a rookie deal with a fifth-year option. You are married to a number of these defenders that matter. I, I think you gotta you gotta suck out the poison. <laughs> I, I think you know it's it's what we talk about kind of with um, playing Rogers instead of Love, uh, trying to win games like this one upcoming in Chicago, even when you're four and eight, and another loss would help from a draft pick perspective. Losing becomes a. Man- a mentality. You know, there's you don't want to be invested in losing. Joe Barry can't teach defense. He they they are getting worse. Um this is a problem and it's systemic. So I don't want Joe Barry to have his hands on the Packers defenders for the next 5 weeks if I can help it. And I know that may sound harsh, but no, I would I would get rid of him tomorrow. I, I would I would turn it over to Jerry Gray or see if Jim Leonard wants to come in and get a five-game tryout. I would do whatever. Um let anyone do it. I don't care. I'll have a dotty. I don't it, Montgomery. Give Mont a shot, actually. I like I like Coach Montgomery. Um, but yeah, I would I, I, I understand the idea of letting him play out the string, but man, I would, I I would just end it. I I think it's time to end it. Well, I will
4: say this, despite everything I just said, if they were going to do this is tonight's game is the equivalent, maybe not the equivalent because the Eagles are a good offense, but it's in the conversation of the Arizona game that got McCarthy fired. You know, you give up, I don't care. I don't care if Ross Morley and myself are playing defensive line in base. Like you cannot give up 360 yards on the ground. You can't give up a hundred yards rushing to a quarterback who's known for his legs. And the first, this wasn't a surprise. It wasn't like, Oh man, you just kind of got hit by a fluke play here. There's a quarterback who is known for his legs. So maybe that is like, if there was a reason to do it, I would understand it just me personally. I, I wouldn't do it. I would say, forget it, but I do understand at least the thought process. Of doing that Morley. just real quick. Then we can move on because I think this is a conversation that has been had about 600 times.
1: I don't care. Okay. Fire them, keep them, whatever. doesn't matter. It makes no difference to me. I, I, I think both of you guys make good points and either are fine. Cause honestly, it doesn't matter at this point. So
2: let's be real. The way this season is going, it would not be super shocking to see any Packers fan cracking open a can of beer at 9am on any given morning. It's been a long year, But while it would be understandable, it's probably not actually a can of beer. It's probably an ice-cold, refreshing can of Liquid Death, a new mountain spring water from the Alps. Why is this delicious water called Liquid Death, you ask? Well, because it will brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable Tall Boy cans are helping to bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Friends, Liquid Death tastes incredible, and I can give you that endorsement based on my own experience. I'm not a huge sparkling water guy, but I'm telling you, the Lime Liquid Death is beyond for real and will have you rushing back out to the store for more. Add in the fact that it's a win for the environment and it looks funny when your kids are drinking Tallboys while watching the game and you basically have a perfect product. So go get your own Liquid Death at your local Woodman's, 7-Eleven, Roundies, or hy or find a Liquid Death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com packaday. That's liquiddeath.com packaday.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
4: Things that do matter. Things that happened tonight that do matter. Uh, Aaron Rodgers exited the game with an oblique injury. Uh, Rodgers is speaking at the podium as we record here and did just say that as long as they're mathematically alive, he'd like to be out there. Uh, That's pretty standard for what I think we've kind of talked about on this show. Uh, for ever since the Packers season kind of took its nosedive for everything. But guys, he did it again, Christian Watson, uh, and not, again, not just the touchdown, like real receiver stuff, making big plays as a big slot, contested catches. Like there was a catch he had on the first touchdown drive where he got smoked by Chauncey Gardner Johnson, a guy who's known for physicality as a safety, as physical as you can be in the modern NFL as a safety. And his most impressive play of the night, obviously, Jordan Love, which we'll get to here in a minute, turns around, play action fake, rips one over the middle. And Watson is what I called before the show an angle eraser because two Eagle defenders had an angle on him and he just outran him. Uh, The stat, I don't remember, I don't know what it's called, but measured him at 20 miles an hour again. He's just an elite mover, special speed. And Ross, what's the seminar that we're attending this summer?
3: Uh, why I whiffed on my Christian evalu- or Christian Watson draft evaluation. I invites are, you know, uh, wide open,
4: wide open. So if you guys, well, did. here's, here's the, I,
3: I'm not gonna, gonna
1: go, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna go to that because I do not feel like I whiffed on my Christian Watson eval at all. And I think what we've what we've talked about on this show, and I think a lot of people have said, you know, with him if all these receivers peak out if they all hit their potential he's the best receiver in this class he's one of the best receivers in the NFL and i just tweeted you know sunday night who else in the NFL can do that the the i mean that's just a striple, simple strike strike play i believe it was a play action or was it just a strike drop it was Either a play way, action the, pass yeah okay, he his back. yeah so okay so well, that's impressive for love i say but anyways catching that thing and, like you said, erasing two angles to the end zone, 63 yards, that's just – that stuff, that's, that's special. That is special, special stuff, especially for a kid that is 6'5", 6'4", 215, 210. Like, he's not small. And you, you go across the league and you say, hey, how many guys can do that? And not just to take that strike because there are guys that can do that if the defense whiffs, if something bad happens. But the defense had actually – played that well and he just took away two angles and took it to the house and you say how many guys in the nfl can do that off the top of my head you think okay tyree kill can do that that's it who else like that's I mean, it like it, it, listen it, it, i don't
4: want to get i don't want to get like too hyperbolic which is kind of the nature of an instant reaction show but like some of the plays when he runs is like Randy Moss against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, where he's just running away from now. Christian Watson and Randy Moss are two very, very, very different players. And Randy Moss is some people's opinion, the greatest receiver to ever play football, but there are things with his speed that you could see. And there are things that you could see. And this is something that matters going in, regardless of who the quarterback is. And we'll get to who the quarterback will be in 2023 when we get to the off season. But regardless of who the quarterback is, Christian Watson, being able to do these things again, We came into the year and you've got guys being like, oh, they're the worst receiver room in the league. They replaced Devonta, and I've said similar things. But when you look at what Romeo Dobbs has done when he's been able to play, and hopefully they're able to get him back soon so we can see what that looks like. When they've had Christian Watson on the field, you got to feel good about both of those players making a year two jump. And then if you just add in a veteran in the Sammy Watkins role that's actually useful, This offense can be productive, get that offensive line to play together. That group of five that they've had has played better together for the last three weeks as they built that continuity, something that frankly, Matt LaFleur and Adam Senevich have pissed in the face of since they've been in, in the coaching staff here. I think it matters. And I've always thought it matters. And I think this year you've seen why it matters. You get a year three leap from Josh Myers. If you can get one, maybe John Runyon gets a little bit better Then you keep, you know, if Bakhtiari is able to go Jenkins, Nyman, if they're able to keep all those guys together, you can feel good about your offense going into 2023. Roger's either healthy or Jordan Love, if he's able to string together performances the way he was able to look tonight. Ross, I, I didn't let you say much about Christian Watson other than why everyone else was wrong, but go ahead. Wax poetic. That's your mans.
3: Uh, you know, like I said, just more, more stuff that, that he can do. Um, and and I go back to, uh, something you know that I talked about with Peter Bukowski where he said didn't isn't the same as can't and and that's what you're seeing over and over again um, as far as you know stuff that maybe didn't happen on his North Dakota State film it's part of the offense part of what they did and um, I don't know of a lot of you know 11 yard crossers that he took to the crib from 63 yards out but that's that's special stuff, you know, and, and I tell you what, that uh, 19 yard number on fourth and five was special stuff too. Um, that, that one, that one shouldn't be just glossed over, you know, that's Aaron Rodgers knowing that they need one and trusting number nine to do it. Number nine kind of, you know, uh, not, not kind of, but just delivering the goods. So, um, you know, he's been, he's been, I don't want to say he's exceeded my expectations because they had him the number two overall wide receiver in this class and a top 25 player. But man, um, you, you think about like, and I was, and I, this, this show shouldn't be so much about my personal online grievances as it, as it ends up being, but uh, somebody showed me like a three game box, like a, a clip of MVS and, it's probably something similar to what Watson has done. It's like remember, MVS had a stretch that looked like this. You know, so before we crown Watson, like understands, like okay, this is the first three games. If you ask me, this is the first three games of Christian Watson's career. That's, I mean, in my opinion, you, you yeah the the jet sweep against the Patriots, whatever. Like I get all that, but he wasn't really a part of the offense probably due to missing camp due to injuries due to whatever your sample size of okay here's three games in a row of Christian Watson healthy a real part of the offense whatever well your sample size of three games is 12 catches for 262 yards and six tugs. that's not the Packers Hall of Fame that's the regular Hall of Fame (laughs) <laughs> you know and i i i, I think putting a, a gold jacket on the young man is extremely premature but speak for yourself he's uh he's everything i hoped he could be and 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 i know obviously like i'll get the ndsu homerism bit forever but i knew what this kid could be and this is what you see you see a taller version of tyreek hill I mean, humans don't move like Christian, not not even MVS, not even, you know, pick your, you know, uh, Will Fuller, go on the, your, your linear deep threats. All the guys that ran times that looked like Christian's time. I, people just don't move like this kid moves.
4: No, they don't. And, and he's been, and I I was a skeptic, like, I'll be honest with you. Maybe that was me trying to temper the potential for NDSU homerism on this podcast, but he has done things in the last three. And again, I know didn't, isn't the same thing as can't AJ Dillon catching the football is an example of how good he really is at that, I suppose remains to be seen, but um, there, those are things that green Bay has asked him to do and and he's done them. And when he's been on the field, He's done whatever they've asked him to do. Aaron Rodgers just said he's become a super reliable, big play threat. That is Aaron Rodgers who said that. And we know that he doesn't say those things for no reason. He is a guy who in a press conference or in a locker room availability will tell you if he thinks the receivers suck. What was the phrasing with the three guys, MVS, Moore, and any piss poor with the cards or whatever, Morley? Piss poor
1: with the cards?
4: Like they, they said we had a card session and he said the effort was piss poor or something like that, that he said. So my point on that is he will tell you if he thinks oh, someone sucks, basically like Amari Rogers, just, <laughs> yeah, he's returning for us. Like that's it. He could say like, Oh, Watson made a play. I, or the Packers have been honest about that before. My guy, Jay Sternberger, that he made a big catch in a preseason game and the tight end coach right after the game, they're like, Oh, that could be a galvanizing thing for him. And he was like, yeah, I don't think that's real indicative of the player. Like, They'll pour water on a fire if they don't believe in him. They will.
1: Here's the other thing that is kind of bouncing around in my head. And we talked about it on this show early in the season when Christian was hurt, missed a lot of camp, had the rough start to his rookie season. It would have been very, very easy and very normal to look back and kind of just be like, hey, you know what? His rookie season didn't go according to plan because he missed training camp. He missed games. He missed time. He didn't have time with Rodgers. And so, like, the fact that he's coming out and put all that stuff behind him in this season and is doing what he's doing, it's it's special. It really is because how many times do do we see a rookie, a young player come in and miss camp and just never really be able to get caught up? I mean, it happens every single year, and that's why a lot of times that year two jump is such a big year. And so we're seeing a kid in Christian Watson that, missed all that time, that still probably doesn't have the chemistry that he needs to have with Rodgers. He probably has better chemistry with Jordan Love, which we we saw tonight. Uh, but that is just it, – it's bonkers to me. It is bonkers to me that he's able to come out and still – and kind of put all that stuff behind him. And I think you look at the mental side of it, like what he has between the ears, the ability to to do that. And I remember talking to Ross, and this was – I think we just were – just talking and we're talking about the drops and Ross just having been around him for four or five years at NDSU, just kind of laughing and being like, dude, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He does not care that he drops a pass or two because he knows what he is and he knows that he's going to go out and get his. So I think it's just super exciting and super encouraging that uh, what we're seeing out of this young man and, and the fact that truthfully, he's really only scratching the surface.
4: And that he very well could be. So that is something that is exciting. We talked about the other stuff that's exciting. Devontae Wyatt, damn near had a sack tonight. Jalen Hurts put some oil on his pants before that drive. That's the excuse I'm going to give uh, for Wyatt. Kingsley and had some nice plays uh, tonight. Justin Hollins, like we talked about, and this is a Packers team that needs help in that edge room. You know, I said, if you knowing the way the Packers operate, you know, if you look at next year's edge room as Rashawn Gary, hopefully recovered from his ACL Preston Smith will be back Kingsley as a rotational player, Hollins as a potential uh, rotational player, and then a top, you know, 15-20 pick as an edge rusher. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to grab Will Anderson from, from Alabama. But if he can grab a guy like that in the early rounds, and I'm not going to give you guys names because it's a very long time before we get to anything like that. But that is another room that had some depth questions that now maybe doesn't, you know, when you when you look ahead like that. The biggest talking point, and we've buried the lead because we're 35 minutes in and we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, it, it's the quarterback, guys. And not Aaron Rodgers. Uh, although, I mean, I thought Rodgers played well tonight. Uh, one kind of clunky far of interception after Josh Myers and Elton Jenkins collectively to not decide to not block uh, Javon Hargrave. So you get that. Rodgers is pressure in his face. He escapes. He throws a pass a little behind Alan Lazard. It hits Darius Slay in the helmet. It's intercepted. Uh, his other interception was a play where I think he says Tyler Davis ran the wrong route. Uh, he, to me, it looked like he was fooled. But to the naked eye, Kurt Benkert kind of says that's that's not really what happened. Either way, two picks. He can't turn the ball over, especially against a team that is giving up 600 rushing yards and about 17 yards of carry uh, as the course of the night gone on. But he played okay. Uh, exited with an oblique injury. Now, like I mentioned earlier, he did say if if the scans check out, he expects to play this weekend. Um, whether or not that's wise, I, I you know I don't think that's another path we need to go down I just want to talk about the evaluation of play of Jordan Love and Morley there is maybe Jordan Love's mother and that's about it for people that are bigger fans uh, of number 10 but go ahead and give us your evaluation of his unfortunately it was only two series because the Packers couldn't stop the damn run and the Eagles took seven minutes off the clock after a touchdown drive but two drives 10 points touchdown pass to Watson like we talked about Uh, some other nice plays in there as well, but go ahead.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not going to say anything other than what I've been saying for three years. Like that, this is the maturation process of Jordan love and what he can be, because you go back and you watch, you watch the good uh, that he's had in, in green Bay, you know, in the preseason and the, and the spurts of good that you saw in the Kansas city game. And then you go back and watch his Utah state film and, you look at his I believe it was his red shirt junior year or something like that the year before his last year that he was there that he was a legitimate number one overall pick candidate um, and then obviously the senior season happened a lot of the a lot of the a lot of the interceptions and your evaluation is going to get based off of that you know what you thought of him coming out and to this point it was basically if you didn't like him there's plenty to point to and say hey I don't like him because of XYZ. He's doing a lot of the same stuff he did at Utah State. If you do like him, then you can point to say, hey, look, XYZ, he's still making some of these big time throws that you know only a handful of guys in the world can make. And tonight, what you saw from him, and albeit only on two drives, and I am the biggest Jordan Love supporter, like you said, outside of his mother, but let, let's caution. It was only two drives. Um You saw the stuff that can make him a high-level starter in this league. And when I say a high-level starter, I mean one of the best three to five starters in the NFL. Like That is, in my opinion, the type of arm talent that he has always had going back to his college days. And the one throw I think you can really point to is the cover two hole shot that he had on the far hash to Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones dropped it. That was probably his best throw of the night. If he catches that, I think that is what we're pointing to and saying, "Who boy, this guy, Green Bay might have another one. Because that is, that's a special throw. That is a throw that not all NFL starters can make. Um, especially with the velocity that he was putting on the ball. Um, the other throw I want to point to was the, the, the PI that wasn't called to Cobb. When he's rolling to his right, throws across his body, a strike, a dart to the middle of the field. That thing hit Cobb right in the chest. Like, we want, we can complain about it being P.I., him getting there early, all that stuff. But Cobb needs to catch that ball. And if he catches that, too, that's just another thing that, that changes the narrative of what we saw tonight. Uh, the other thing that I think we can point to and I think we can all agree on is he looks so much cal- more calm. So much more calm within the pocket tonight. Uh, that ball was jumping off his hand more than I think what we've seen uh, since he's been in green bay i mean that looked like his junior season of utah state again where he is he is moving he's navigating the pocket he's getting the ball to where it needs to be and he's getting it there with zip and i think the very first throw to to aj dylan on that little and we've hit
4: the morley pause again so again i have censored him because we've gone too far with anything like that um but here's here's what i'll go so Morley's a a guy who falls on that side of the line that he thinks Jordan love is really talented, can be a high level starter. Uh, Ross and I fall on the side of the line of, I'm not sure. I always tell people I am not the right person to ask about how I feel about Jordan love. If, if you want optimism Uh, that being said, I had a guy on Thanksgiving trying to tell me that I'm rooting against him because I don't think he will be good, which is outrageous to me that somebody would say that to me because Like if they draft me to be a pass rusher, I am not going to be good. Does that mean that you're rooting against me? Of course not. You want me to be good because I play for your favorite team. That's just kind of how this works. What I will say about Jordan Love is I think there are some things that get exaggerated with with the way that Love has progressed. Obviously, he came in as a rookie. We know the story there. Uh, COVID cancels his entire offseason, so he's behind the gun already. His second season, he comes in, he gets to play in the preseason. You see some of the stuff that you like about Love, and you see, frankly, in my opinion, a lot more of the stuff that you don't like about Jordan Love. He plays poorly in Kansas City. You can talk about the reasons why that happened, and some of them are legitimate, some of them, to me, not necessarily. Uh, And then garbage time in Detroit, and then the preseason this year. And the preseason this year was where I think things got mostly exaggerated because everybody was talking about how he looks so much better and and all that stuff, and to me – playing with players that don't matter, playing against players that don't matter, his progression, quote unquote, in those games do not matter then. And and that's not fair to Jordan Love. I know that he didn't ask for his only reps to be in preseason games, but the point I'm making is Jordan Love's stat line tonight, six of nine, nice, 113 yards, a touchdown, no picks, 10 10 points, did not turn the ball over, which is something that I think is, a legitimate concern when Love is on the field. I think in every well, every regular season action that he's played extended minutes, he's turned the ball over at least once. And in every preseason game except for one, he's turned the ball over at least once. So got to get better at protecting the football. What I will say is this. The comfort within the offense, the trusting what he sees and letting the ball rip, the touchdown pass to Watson like we talked about, and it wasn't a 75-yard bomb between two defenders or anything like that, but it was just, hey, I see it, I throw it. The whole shot that Morley talked about the development and I'm not putting a gold jacket on him. I'm not even going to tell you he's going to be a high level starter. I'm not even going to tell you he's going to be the starting quarterback for the green Bay Packers in 2023. Cause I still don't think that's a likely scenario. What I will tell you is that what he did tonight is the most progression that we've seen that actually does matter. He's playing with players for the Packers. He's playing with Christian Watson and Lazard and Cobb and the starting offensive line and players that matter in a game that matters against a Philadelphia Eagles team with their starters. They are trying to win the game in a game that, I mean, it was a two-possession game every time Jordan Love touched the ball, but it's still competitive. The Packers still have a shot to potentially win the game. You know, if Jake Elliott misses a 54-yard field goal, Jordan Love has a chance to go down and tie the game, maybe win it. That matters. How much it matters is in the eye of the beholder. Now, Aaron Rodgers did say tonight that he was open to discussions when the team is mathematically eliminated, which I think is probably going to take one more loss. That seems likely. Uh, He says if he checks out, if the scans check out and everything, he expects to play on Sunday against Chicago. We'll see if that happens, whether or not that does happen. I don't think if the doctors clear him, my take is always healthy, cleared players, whichever one you want to use that, they play. And Rogers is the preferred starter for this team. And, And that's the way it's going to work. Now, when they are not mathematically alive, that is when you can have that conversation. And what you want to see, if you want Love to play, is how does he stack that performance? And it's what I talked about after the Watson game uh, against Dallas. He's not going to score three touchdowns in a game again, but how does he progress from that performance four days later against the Tennessee Titans team? He scores two more touchdowns. What's he do tonight? He has over 100 yards receiving and another touchdown. Like, he's stacking good performances together. That matters. Can Jordan Love do that? Can he do that when... You know, against a Chicago team whose defense is just a complete trash fire. It is absolutely wild to me to see a Bears defense, and they've sold off some of their pieces, but just as bad as they are, that is not something that you expect when you when you tune in to watch the Chicago Bears play football. Um, you at least expect their defense to be competent. Can you do it after the bye when they're playing a Monday night home game against the Los Angeles Rams? Can you do it on Christmas Day then against a Miami Dolphins team that has a pretty good defense? Can he do it against the Vikings? Can he do it against the Lions? If he gets all those games, I don't know. That's the question that you got to ask. Cause we're not, what I'm not going to do is take the L so to speak. And like Morley said, he's not taking a victory lap over nine passes in two series, but I do think, and Morley's back. So I'll let him go. I do think Morley, it is fair to say, this is the most progression we've seen from Jordan Love that actually matters. It's something you can pull from. Because I don't think you can pull from preseason. We don't see practice every day. We don't see training. Like that stuff just doesn't matter all that much until the bullets are live. And tonight the bullets were live and he played well.
1: Yeah. And, and like, that's what I was, the next point I was going to get to after all saying all the positive stuff is like, we need to see him do it for four quarters and not do the stupid YOLO stuff that he loves to do. And Because that's there, that we still saw that. We still seen that in games. Um, but the only other thing I have is it. it is – kind of a time is a flat circle type deal because Roger's game against Dallas was the week after Thanksgiving. Uh, It was against an NFC East opponent. Here we are tonight, week after Thanksgiving, NFC East opponent. And I'll even go as far as to say is Aaron Rodgers' first touchdown pass in that game to Greg Jennings was kind of a similar type play too, where it was a 10, 15-yard in-breaking route, got it into Jennings' hands, and he took it the distance. Same thing tonight. Christian Watson in-breaking route, got it to him, took it the distance. Mm-hmm. So uh, what what does that mean? Absolutely nothing. Besides, it's just kind of cool. Um, but other than that, that's that's all I got. Um, I'll probably jump off here because, as you guys have noticed, my internet keeps kicking me off. Um, but uh, I'll let you guys wrap it up, and I'll, uh, I'll hang up and listen. Yeah,
4: Ross, go ahead and pour cold water on the fire, I guess, so to speak here.
3: I I mean, tonight changed my mind a little bit. Um, I'd be interested to see like what, what a contract could look like. I I will say this in no way, shape or form with the information that I still have. would I dream about picking up the kids fifth year option and paying him 20 million.
4: No, no, I don't think that's even an option. Honestly, I shouldn't say it's not an option, but like the only way that becomes a discussion is if Aaron
3: Rodgers retires. That's the only way in my opinion because then you and know he's contract next year, you know, but I think unless I'm I think you have to pick up the 5th year option before more, the final sh- season.
4: It's it's it'll be next off season they would have to do it. I don't remember when exactly, but at some point.
3: So I wonder if you could do an extension that's not fully guaranteed at a number maybe a little bit below 20. Um I, I might be interested, you know, Something where if it just doesn't work out and you cut him, it it doesn't screw up the cap tremendously. You know, uh, something maybe a little heavier in salary and a little lighter in bonus, which is not normally how Green Bay structures stuff. But um, you know, something like three years, fifty-four million. You know, with not that much of it guaranteed. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of spitballing it. It, it maybe an extended look at the young man. Uh, but I still still saw some of the stuff that drove me nuts. You know, uh, I, I think he he could have picked up a first down with his legs twice. Uh, and he runs pretty well. Force a ball, you know, force a couple balls. But, man, uh, you talk about six and nine. Should have been seven for nine. That's an absolute drop by Aaron Jones. There's no question about it. Um, could have been eight for nine if or, or seven of eight because I suppose the play wouldn't have counted if uh, pass interference is called on the Randall Cobb thing. Like, I, I think you have to be impressed. Uh, now, can he do it when the other team knows he's going to start and the game plan is for him? Um, yada, yada, yada. You know, I think mm-hmm. um, the Philadelphia Eagles came in ready to game plan Aaron Rodgers. Jordan Love came in in a game where Philly was, you know, protecting a lead, probably playing a little bit soft. That throw to Watson certainly didn't have a lot of resistance. Um, not that it wasn't a bad throw, you know, wasn't a great throw. And like, it's all good. It's all good. Like, these are all positive things. Um, but do- doing it in a game, tight windows. I, I mean, I want to see that, you know, I want to see, um, you know, more, Uh you talk about the preseason that was kind of shoddy. Um, you know, last year's work against Detroit wasn't great. The last year's game against Kansas City wasn't great. I'm not, you know, ready to anoint this kid after a good quarter against Philly, protecting a lead. But I, it was promising. You know, the talent you can always see, he's not untalented. And that's something I said about him as a prospect, I mean – his, his good tape is all Mahomes, if you ask me. I mean, that's my comp for him is, is Pat when, when it's good and when it's bad. 2005, you know, Brett Favre. Or, or, like, sometimes you watch Josh Allen and you're like, bro, what are you doing? And, and Jordan Love has a lot of that Josh Allen, bro, what are you doing in his game?
4: Yeah, he does. And what I will say is, like, for example – and I hate to keep picking on this kid because he's not here anymore, but like Amari Rodgers, there was never a moment that I can remember where you were like, I can see why the Packers traded up for him in the third round. There were moments tonight where you saw, okay, I can understand why or what Gudukun saw to move up in the first round uh, to go get him. Will it work out? I don't know. You know, is he going to be the quarterback of the future? I don't know. If, if Morley's right and time is a flat circle, then I will start making reservations for my return to title town party in February of 2025. Cause that would be kind of the perfect timing for something like that. But yeah, I think that, you know, if, if Jordan love is going to be the quarterback, then they start maybe looking at that Aaron Rodgers extent, that first extension that Rodgers had, which Ross, you've talked about a bunch. That is one of the best moves of Ted Thompson's career. Uh, that first extension that he gave Rogers, which was basically like six years, 60 mil or something like that. It wasn't a whole lot of money, but they had elite level quarterback play on relatively inexpensive, which is hard to find because it's not often that you're able to extend a quarterback like that as he's entering, you know, Aaron Rodgers played 2011, 2010, 2011, 2012, some of the best seasons of his career, um, on a relatively affordable contract. Like Jalen hurts is going to get a contract extension at some point, and it's going to be a 200 plus million dollar kind of deal, but that is really far down the road. What I will say is tonight, what you could say for what you saw against the Eagles um, there are positives, but yeah, let's see if he, if he's going to play again at some point this season, which I suspect he will Um, Rogers using the phrase mathematically alive, open to discussions it came out this week, obviously shout out big B that he's got a broken thumb Add another injury into that. And Rogers like the thumb is something that's a divisive issue, but you could see with the oblique injury that he was compromised that last drive where he was in the game. Like they couldn't throw the ball past the line of scrimmage. Um, And it is just impossible to play quarterback that way. Like in the NFL, maybe you can do it in some lower level, like college conferences, but it's just not going to be able to work now. Do they play love? I don't know. You know, I think there is also a scenario that plays out where Rogers plays every game the rest of the way and is the starter next year. I still think that the most likely scenario is that love plays out the string at some point And Rogers is the starting quarterback in 2023. I know that the time to reflect on Rogers as the starting quarterback is not here yet. Uh, and I wouldn't start doing that until we know it's over basically, because I think what you're going to do is make a bunch of like, Oh, what great memories pieces. And then he goes out and starts a home game against the Rams in a couple of weeks on Monday night football. Just, I don't know, but I will say, you know, somebody who didn't like Jordan love that much, I came away impressed. That's the, that's the most I could say at this point. And let's see if we could stack it. We're out of time. We ran over uh, what we were supposed to. I blame Morley and his shoddy internet. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can follow Morley on Twitter at, Jacob Morley, you can follow me. I'm at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow Ross at Ross Uglum. Packers are four and eight. Season's effectively over. They'll be mathematic. They might, I think they could probably be mathematically eliminated, certainly with a loss to Chicago. But even if they beat Chicago and like Washington wins and blah, 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 they could probably be mathematically eliminated just based on that alone. Um, like a Dallas, I, w- I would imagine this is just really bad math off the top of my head. And I said 50 times four is 300. So take my math for what it is. But Dallas wins the giants win and Washington win. And I don't even know if that's possible. Cause I feel like two of them play each other. Like somebody plays each other next week. But if those guys win, I think the Packers are eliminated no matter what they do, because two of those teams hold the tiebreaker. And if Dallas wins, they get to nine, which is more wins than well, Green Bay could feasibly get to nine, but I, I don't think that that that's something. So whatever, that's bad math. We'll talk about mathematical elimination. When we get to, this isn't a math podcast. Um, so apologies for all that, but thank you guys for listening this week. Check out at pack a day podcast on Twitter. Tune in tomorrow. You will get dusty Evely, Sarah Kelleher and Steve Perhatch taking your questions and doing their usual Wednesday show. It's Packers bears week. So maybe there's some fun left for some of you and something like that. So enjoy that this week. Enjoy your time. Uh, as we get into December and, and closer to the holiday season, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next time.